All right, may God bless you guys as you learn more about his word. Great. A lot of nervous energy there, isn't it? I've, I've heard some, uh, some adults say you know, in their upper years that, boy, I wish I had that kind of energy. It wouldn't do you good. Can you imagine all of this group uh, crawling around and jumping on the pews all over here? That might, that might be, somebody might get hurt, I, I think. <laughs> but it's good to be here with you this morning. Wow, it's been a while since I've been able to share with you the word and to share even some of the things going on in the ministry. But God has been good and, and it brings back a lot, of, uh, uh, a lot of memories for me coming back to this place. As you know, some of you know that uh, for a while there we were coming probably four or five, several, uh, uh, four or five times a week and uh, doing ministry out of here, mostly out of the fellowship area. And, uh, and I'm just thankful to the Lord that you are here carrying on that, that ministry now and that the Lord has blessed you as a congregation and as a ministry in, in this League City community. So thanks be to God, uh, and, and I praise him for what you're doing. Uh, in the meantime, I have been uh, involved in, in lots of uh, ministries. I'll share a little bit with you about uh, some of those things, but uh, you know, mostly focusing on the Hispanic people of, of North America in a lot of different ways. Uh, traveling here, there, and yonder, working in discipleship, working in leadership development, and, and just uh, thank God for your prayers in that. I know you've been praying. I thank God for your, your financial support for the Coalition for Hispanic Ministries. And just know that we are part of a, a great body of people who are working to accomplish God's purposes in, in the world. And so I thank God to be a part of you. And, and I thank uh, God that uh, you are a part of, uh, of our ministry as well. Um, you know, God does so many wonderful things, and, and his world is an amazing place, isn't it? Life itself is astounding. You look everywhere in this, in, on this great planet that God has created, and, and there's life finding a way, growing in, in unlikely places, and, and uh, prospering in, 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 in spite of the fact that we look across the universe and up to this time, we haven't seen evidence of, of other life forms. Maybe God is at work in, in other places and has created things, but this is a really special place in which, in which we live, where we can find the, the things that we need to, for, for life. We ourselves, our own bodies, are, are covered with life. Uh, we are not just ourselves. Uh, there are so many microorganisms and, and colonies of creatures that live on us and, and in us. Uh, they say that some significant uh, part of, of our body weight is made up of things other than us. <laughs> I hope that's not scary to you. Um, if, if your wife is, or, or spouse is bothering you about your weight, you say, well, honey, it's not me. <laughs> It's not just me. <laughs> Got all these creatures on me. 
but life is, is amazing. And, and over the last uh, months, I've been uh, kind of, uh, my eye has been caught as I've been going in and out of the, the Friendswood Friends Church by uh, life in an unlikely place. And I don't know if you can even see what that is, but if we zoom in a little bit, you see that that, that is, that's a plant growing right up on those wires. You've probably seen them around, uh, around town. I haven't looked for them just right around here, but it's, it's actually, uh, it, it's called commonly ball moss. It's not a, a moss at all. It's a flowering plant, Thalandia recurvata. Did I get it right? Yeah, yeah, Thalandia recurvata. Um, and and it, it does have roots and somehow it's able to just attach onto, onto that wire um, and, and dig into the little crevices and mostly it gets its nutrients from the, from the dust of, of the air and the moisture that, that settles on its leaves and it photosynthesizes its, its, uh, its energy. But it's, it's just an amazing thing to, to think about that plant growing in a, in a sterile environment on top of, on top of that wire. So I want to talk to you uh, today a little bit about how we as Christians can grow in unlikely places, how we can find what we need in Jesus Christ. Now, I'm taking the theme for today's message out of the theme of a conference that we're having this week in the Bayshore Friends Church. And this, this conference, and I've shared a little bit about with, with, it, uh, with some of you about it, is, is a conference uh, from, for North American Hispanic friends coming from all over the place, actually beyond North America, because we've got quite a group coming from Honduras, some from Guatemala, and uh, from Los Angeles to Philadelphia, from, well, the Toronto gang didn't make it, but uh, Virginia, North Carolina, and, and all coming together to the unlikely place of, of Bayshore Friends Church to worship and celebrate God's work uh, among us. Now, uh, last year's conference was a bigger deal. We had friends from all over South America and Central America. That was held in Northeast Ohio. And the theme of, of that conference was, uh, oh, was out of this verse. For we preach not, what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus Christ, Jesus' sake. You know, there's a lot of self-centeredness even in the church. You know, a lot of people who want to be up front and want to be leading things and telling people what to do. And, and this theme was very helpful to us. We, hundreds of, of Spanish-speaking friends from around the world came together to consider the theme of, of always servants. Siempre siervos. Anybody say that, able to say that? Siempre siervos. There you go. And I don't know when you'd use that in any sort of context, but uh, it, it is a rally cry now for, for friends. And, and it was a helpful time as we considered how God wanted us to be serving one another as we serve the world for Jesus' sake. Uh, this year, our, and, and it'll be this coming week, our theme is Arraigados en Cristo. I don't even want to hear most of you say that. Some of you probably could. That one's a, 
<laughs> there you go. That one's a little more difficult. And it comes out of the verse in, in Colossians chapter 2. Um, and, and that is uh, a verse that says, uh, So then, and you can look it up in your Bibles. You don't need to depend on, on this thing. You might want to underline this and, and mark it there. And it says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, Continue to live your lives in him, rooted, arraigados, and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Now, I'll put the uh, Spanish down there just to, so you, you uh, believe me when I tell you about it there. Uh, arraigados, sobre edificados en él, from Colossians 2. You know, I, I, I understand that uh, as we're looking at those verses that uh, we're, Paul is kind of mixing some metaphors there. And, and I used to get in trouble with that. When I was a, a new Christian in uh, junior high school and then, then into high school, my high school English teacher didn't like the fact that I mixed all those metaphors. But I, I grew up, I, I received the Lord as, uh, as a young man of 13, 14 years old, and, and I, I just immersed myself in, into the Word. And, you know, you, it, the Bible talks about Jesus, you know, He's the way. Well, He's the truth. Well, He's the life. Well, He's, he's light. He's salt. He's the vine. He's, and we're the branches. And, and all these images, He's the rock. Uh, he's, he's, he's the... He's the church, or he the the foundation for the church. All these images, and so I, I would, I kind of do my writing that way. But and and each one of those for us has has a meaning. My teacher, I told the teacher, well, you know, if it's good enough for God, it should be good enough for me. And she said, yeah, it's okay, it's good enough for you, but it's not going to help your grade any, and it didn't. Um, but Paul is writing in this way um, to to bring home the point of of the life of, the, the, of who we are, of being rooted, descending down those roots into our sustenance and support, who is Jesus Christ himself. And so we see that that's kind of the first uh, thing that jumps out at us as we're considering what the root does for the plant. It, it grabs the nutrients that it needs the sustenance, the moisture, it satisfies the plant. And, you know, here we're talking here to those who are Christians. Those who are not Christians don't have that kind of root in, in the things of God, unfortunately. And, and they, they have the capacity, of course, but Paul is talking to Christians. Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, he says, just as you've begun that spiritual journey in Christ, now be rooted in, in Jesus Christ. And the root is the life of the plant. So one of the things that Paul is saying to those of us who are Christians is that we need to continually draw our life from Jesus himself. Our mind, our heart, our life draw their substance and sustenance from God. Without that rootedness in Christ and the spiritual realm and the things that God is doing in our lives, soon as Christians we would wither and we would die. 
And so part of the purpose of this upcoming conference this week is simply to call each other back to the basic reality that, that the life that we live, we only have if we draw it from the depths of Jesus' life. We must depend on him. And I would say that, that is a message for each of us today. We must draw that from the depths of Jesus. John 15, 4, and some of you are familiar with that, that verse, uh, draws a similar analogy. Let's see if we... I seem to be stuck. Oh, no, it did it all at once. We'll get to there. <laughs> there we are. John 15, 4. When Jesus is talking about the vine and the branches, he says, abide in me or remain in me. Uh, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you, as a Christian, bear fruit unless you remain in me. There's that sense of receiving and drawing from remaining and abiding in the branch in the vine, the roots in the soil, a Christian's life in Jesus himself, aware of his presence on a daily, minute-by-minute minute basis, open to his leading, because he would guide us. Even when we're at work, when we're playing, watching the grandchildren, in every moment he can be leading us, instructing us, and then also soaking in his word and his truth. Those are the things that bring us life. Those that bring us joy. Those fulfill our lives. And by the way, one of the, um, one of the reasons that uh, we need to, I would encourage you to take advantage maybe of connecting with the conference uh, this coming week and with these Hispanic friends who are coming in and you're welcome. I invite you to come over on 7 o'clock for our worship services in the evenings or come in uh, uh, Thursday and, and Friday mornings to be a part of the workshops and we'll try and have some interpretation. But one of the reasons is that um, we are only fulfilled or, or the definition of who the church is is, is the body of Christ himself. True? And so if we understand the church as Christ's body, then part of our rootedness is in the body itself, in the fellowship of, of believers, in seeing the breadth of God's work in, other words, in, in, in others. Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 and 10, some, uh, some great verses. You're probably familiar with it. After this, I looked. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. <laughs> They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. What a day that will be. 
Oh, my friends, what glory there will be when all of the people from every tribe and nation and tongue is there. And, you know, maybe we should, maybe we should just practice that together. Are you ready? Altogether, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Hey, yeah, you need to practice that. You need to be ready for that day, friend. Salvation belongs to him, gathering from every people group on this planet because Christ came for each and every one. But beyond that, you know, I think often we have the idea in these verses that that when all these people are gathered, it's like, oh, finally, we'll all be the same. God has gathered them from all out of all of these different places. And, and now, finally, we are, we are one. We're all together. We all think the same. We all say the same thing. I had a pastor who was at a conference about a year ago, um, Ramiro from Mexico City. He's a church planter and uh, leads a movement, a group of churches there. And he was sharing about these verses and said, you know, it's not that. It's not just that we will all be the same finally. It's that the worship of God, for it to be complete in the world, requires the worship of every group, every culture. What that means is that we live in a culture here in North America and we have certain ways of looking at things and certain ways of expressing ourselves and living our lives. And, and, and that's great. You know, we, we do pretty well as a nation and as a society. We have our problems, though, don't we? And, and in Mexico, there are, there are ways of expression and values and ways of honoring God that we might feel uncomfortable with. And they might feel uncomfortable with the way we do things. And let's not even talk about the Nepalese right now. I'll, I'll share a little bit about them a little later. But in every culture, in every place, there, there are things, there are values, there are expressions that glorify God in ways that other cultures and other peoples would never even think of doing. God is so great. He needs those expressions from every people. And so it's not that we'll all be the same, it's that those people from every nation and tribe and tongue are, are all gathered together to fully express the greatness of our God in that day. Wow. And so in our own rootedness, if we're going to know who Christ is in some ways, we need to look beyond what we're familiar with to get to know other cultures and to see how God is working in them. I brought a short video of an interview that I did with uh, the pastor of the Fort Worth Friends Church. Maybe some of you didn't know we had a Fort Worth Friends Church. It's a group made up of refugees from Nepal, originally from Bhutan. They've been booted out of Bhutan and, and ended up in Nepal, and then they, they were in refugee camps for years. Now they're in uh, in, in Fort Worth, and I've been working with, with that group for a while. This is uh, the pastor, D.B. Tomong, uh, who's sharing in this, in this video, if it works. <laughs> That's not it. 
<laughs> and I asked him to share some strategy about what it is. How has that church grown so fast? From in about three years, they were running around 130 people, uh, starting in the meeting in the in a garage where we'd leave our shoes out in the in the rain <laughs> because they don't wear their shoes in the in the uh, worship place. And uh, we meet people, and we share the gospel. And our church people, uh, I've been trained to share the gospel wherever we go, wherever we walk. So they preach the gospel, and uh, we uh, started started small, small cell groups like uh, home fellowship and devotion, Bible studies as well as uh, particular like evangelism work also. We go person to person and we pray and we fast and pray. That's the main, you know, we pray a lot. <laughs> the main factor is praying and the fasting because we believe the Lord is doing his mighty work. Our part is to pray and rest, winning soul and people coming in the church you know, church is by the, you know, guidance of Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit led them to come in the church. So our main strategy is praying and fasting. There you go. Simple. If you want to grow the church from uh, a dozen people to 100 and, uh, 130 in a few years, just fast and prayer. <laughs> Um, what a guy. I mean, this guy works full-time in, in another career. He, he's working at, at Walmart. This is uh, the when we had a special service and, and we're commissioning their, their group of elders. And it doesn't, doesn't look like the same outfits that you guys wear, but uh, that's how they, they celebrate. And then uh, this is their, uh, their congregation. They meet in a small uh, church location, but it's long and narrow. And but the speakers certainly reach all the way to the back. Uh, it's, it's loud when they get together. So God is, is working in them. I just praise God for their, their ministry. I've learned so much from who they are and what they're doing. Uh, this is a, when we had the leadership training for the Nepali people, we also brought together some of the Congolese uh, friends from Abilene, Texas, and they're beginning to ha hold meetings and, and worship, and they are uh, reaching out into, into their uh, immigrant community there, and uh, uh, they, they participated with the Nepali people. This is the San, San Antonio uh, Hispanic Friends Church. That's been going for about five years now, and, and it's not doesn't show the, the whole congregation on all the way back, also a long and narrow uh, building, but people who are loving the Lord and, and serving in, in Jesus' name. Some of them will be joining us for this conference this, this next week. This man, um, and, and I, I love this picture because that's my grandson there, and, and uh, Salomon Morales, I love that man. He's, he's a great guy who's, who's been in the Houston area for a couple of years, and he'd been bothering me for a while you know, how can I be involved in, in ministry of some sort? He's been going through a lot of transitions in his own life. And, and his ministry is, is, is kind of represented there, I think. Um, he's, he's living in the South Houston 
church building that we have there and, and is just hanging out in the community. He's just kind of making friends and making disciples and holding, holding Bible studies. And, and so he's, he's just a, a very, in a very laid back kind of position, a great preacher though. This was last Sunday uh, on the north side of Houston, up by Spring, the, the latest church plant that we have among friends, where, where we've got the, uh, there were a group of oh, 23, 24 people there and some kids and uh, just, just getting started. And so there are lots of ways for you to connect with a body of Christ that is beyond what you normally experience. Those people who are planting churches, Salomon, um, uh, Arnoldo Garcia on the north side of town. He wasn't, by the way, he wasn't in that picture because he was taking that picture. Uh, but uh, he needs your prayers. And, and your church is already helping to support uh, that ministry and make it possible for him to carry on. Uh, he is uh, um, driving Uber part-time for to be able to try and make ends, ends meet. But what God is doing in his body is incredible. And we can put our roots down and learn and, uh, from, from what God is doing, what Jesus is doing in those servants of his. And as, as Brother D.V. Tamang said, fasting and prayer, it's a spiritual work that we do as we abide in the vine. Now, another uh, aspect of what these our roots are doing in Christ, there's a firmness and permanence. And that's why I think he, uh, uh, Paul jumped to, to that analogy of being built up in Christ. There's something solid going on when we are uh, in Christ. That means the doctrine that we have, that we understand what we believe and who uh, in whom we believe. We know who God is and what his work is in the world. God's saving power, his ability to make a difference in our lives, our need of him. And the better we know him, the stronger we can resist the currents that flow against his work in the world. Amen? The more we know him, get to know him. So there's another thing um, we can draw from this analogy, and it's not necessarily a part of what Paul was bringing forward, and that is that our rootedness is the part that's unseen. This isn't the showy part of our lives. This isn't the thing that everybody is, is necessarily aware of, except from the fruit that flows out of that life that's coming uh, as a result of being in Christ. It's the unseen part of the plant, the root is. And it's an unseen part of our lives, but an indispensable part of our lives, being connected to him in the spiritual way. If we live all of our lives in the visible, active doing of things, again, we're going to miss out on the depth and the fullness that Christ would bring as our roots are firmly uh, in him. And I think that uh, uh, Colossians chapter 3 uh, brings that out when he says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on the things that are above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. 
for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Your life is now hidden. Those roots in Christ. That's where our real strength is. That's where our real power. So I'd say go life. Go life. You know, go little ball moss. Hang on, hang in there. But more importantly, go, you Christians who are trusting in the Lord, who've received that life, who've who've accepted Christ as your Lord. Go, Christians, and put your roots in Him. Continue to live in Him as you began in Him. Remain in Him. Daily, living for Him, finding depths of Him that you're not finding, maybe, in, in your daily life. But looking for those opportunities to connect with other Christians who have different ways of expression. If you want to be a part of the conference, talk to me afterwards. And you know, we still have places uh, or maybe a few people who, who could uh, stay in your home overnight uh, for a couple of those days. Uh, maybe you can come over for one of the meals or one of the, some of the services. I, I encourage you to be involved, but find ways to put your roots in the breadth and power of who Jesus is, and then our fruit will be a natural response. Amen? Now, I don't know if I'm supposed to turn the service over to somebody or if I'm supposed to pray and we can we can be dismissed. Does anyone? That's where we're at. Stand with me, would you? As your eyes are closed and, and thinking of God's work in your life, what are the ways that you can extend your your roots into Christ in a deeper, more profound way. As we heard in the song earlier, when was the last time you spent time in, in prayer? When is the last time? Are there ways that you can avoid some of the distractions in your life to focus more on Jesus Christ and his word? Lord, we thank you that salvation belongs to you and that life is all in your hands. It's an amazing world that we live in and we just are overflowing with thanksgiving that through you we can live our lives fully and abundantly. Thank you for this great place where we can come to 
be motivated and challenged in our walk with you. Thank you for Thank you for strong pastoral leadership in Jim, and thank you for the leaders of this church and elders who serve you faithfully. Lord, allow us to all reflect your power, your life, your glory, your salvation, so that the world may know of your love and grace. And I ask these things all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed then. <laughs>